0: Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. I'm going to share with you this morning about prayer. I've got a couple of scriptures I want to share with you about prayer, about the power of prayer, the supernatural nature of prayer. Um, so let's, let's go there. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. And the, na- the title of this message is just, just Pray. That's all it's called. Pray passionately in the Spirit. As you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times, pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. So there's, there's something unique about the ability to pray by the, by, pray empowered prayers by the Holy Spirit. Human prayers are one thing, but supernatural prayers are another thing altogether. You know, I've, I was, um, like many of you here, we have different religious cultures that we came from, and my mom tried her best. My mom was you know at, at, at best a very weak believer, and my mom tried to teach me as best as she knew how a few things about following the Lord. I remember her reading Bible story books to me and about telling me about Abraham and about counting the stars and I remember her her telling me about about um, about pr- the importance of praying before we go to bed and, and about the importance of praying over our meals. But that's about as far as it got. And, uh, you know, she taught me simple prayers like, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food. By his hands we are fed. Thank the Lord for daily bread. I mean, a simple, just a simple prayer. But, you know, sometimes the simplest prayers can be the most Powerful prayers, if they're prayed by the power of the Spirit, it's one thing to pray a human prayer that you've memorized. And it's another thing altogether when the Holy Spirit comes on the scene and begins to pray his supernatural God-breathed prayers inside of you. So that brings us to this James chapter 5, verse 16. This is a very powerful verse. I want you to think about this with me. It says, to confess your sins to one another... And pray for one another. Why? Why should I do that? Why should I confess my sins to other people and pray for other people so that I would be healed? Now, here's the verse. I want you to. The second part of this verse is very powerful. It says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Now, I guess there's the the question we have to ask ourselves: is, am I that righteous person that has the ability to pray effective prayers. You know, many times we don't think of ourselves in that light. I, I can remember one particular day. I was at Bible school. I came home from, from work. From my normal routine. I was had a few minutes between the time I got home from the ch- egg ranch. And I was getting ready to go to, to class that night. I had one hour gap between the, the two times. And this lady that lived next door to us came banging on my door. And she started banging through the door and flung the door open. And this is the strangest question. She says, Frank, are you a righteous man? Well, how, how do you answer a question like that? I didn't I didn't know what to say. You know, it really set me out the next few weeks. I'm trying to answer that question to myself. And I said, her name was Carrie. I said, Carrie, why are you asking me that? She says, well, my husband fell off the ladder off the roof. And he's, he's going to the hospital, and I was reading a scripture in my devotions that says the effective prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I'm trying to find a righteous person to pray for my husband. You see, that's been, the, really that was, that's the, the, the essence of why people go to someone else to do their prayers for them. That's why growing up you went to a Catholic priest to pray your prayers. Why? Because you didn't think you were that righteous man could get his prayers answered. You were looking for someone else that was righteous. But you really had no idea what that guy had been doing. You know, you had no idea what his lifestyle was like or what his past was like or what he had been doing the night before. So you're just trusting in someone's. Word that they're the righteous person that you need to pray when actual, in actual fact, you've got to become that righteous person. And that was the, that was, that whole concept was the birthing of the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther came to the conclusion that the righteous man lives by faith. That we are made righteous not by our deeds and by our works, but we are declared righteous before God by our faith. In the work of Christ. Yeah. So then it goes to the, to the next part of that prayer. Well, the effective prayer of a righteous man, and then it's the word effective. The word effective is, is, really the word active, or the active work of the Holy Spirit. And this is a, it's a beautiful passage that describes the activity of the Holy Spirit that begins to operate Inside of a righteous prayer, the moment that it's voiced. Effective, the effective prayers of a righteous man. Let me read a couple thoughts to you. There, there's um, some in this, in this blog that I wrote, there are two things that jump out at me at this verse. First, the Lord hears in response to the prayer of the righteous. So first, are you that righteous person? That has to be answered first. Am I the righteous person that the Lord responds to? This goes to the very heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How is a person considered righteous by God? If you were honest with yourself this morning, would you consider yourself that righteous person? Would you? And should you? Well, you absolutely should. The question is, have your sins been washed away? Have you placed your faith in Christ alone rather than in your own righteousness? And when your sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus, when you pray, it's just exactly like Jesus himself praying. He's actually praying. By the righteousness of Christ. So this is the very foundation of the message of the Apostle Paul. A man is considered righteous, not by his own efforts, but by simply by his faith in Christ. Righteousness is a gift that I receive the moment I put my trust in the Lord. This brings us to the second part. Prayer is supernatural and has great power when it's released in us. Again, I have to walk by faith and actually allow the Lord to praise effective, fervent prayers in and through me. We enter this life by faith and then we begin to walk it out by faith. So I have one other a, a quote that I wrote in the end of this blog that I wanted to read to you. Getting my eyes off of my own worthiness and on his worthiness. Is the key to righteousness. So say that with me. Getting my eyes off my own worthiness. And on his worthiness. Is the key to righteousness. Secondly. Getting my eyes on his sufficiency. And off of my insufficiency. Is the key to answered prayer. Read that with me. Getting my eyes on his sufficiency. And off of my insufficiency. Is the key to answered prayer. So that. That is, so he's able, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what you can ask or think through your prayers because you're praying the prayers of a righteous man or a righteous woman because your sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus. Now let me tell you this, if you don't consider yourself that righteous person, you can before you leave this service today. You're gonna have two great opportunities. In a few minutes, we're going to pray for people that want to accept Christ into their life. And right after that, we're going to take communion and have come to the Lord and, and thank him for his precious blood that washes our sins away. We have the opportunity to come boldly before the throne of grace and find grace to help each one of us in our time of need. Now, that brings us to this next part. This is my, it has to be one of my favorite, absolutely favorite verses in the Bible. I want to share with you about the power of supernatural prayer. That's what James was getting at. He said, if you're the righteous person, you can pray supernatural prayers. You can pray supernatural prayers. So listen carefully to this. Romans 8, 26, out of the Passion. In a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. So how many people here have human weakness going on right now in your life? Raise your hand. Okay. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. Now, let me read this out of the New King James. It says, likewise, the spirit Helps in our weaknesses. The Spirit helps in my human weaknesses. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I love that this is describing supernatural prayer. So here, maybe there's somebody, maybe there's somebody in this service today and in your own personal life. You'd have to say, if you're honest with yourself, that you are literally at the end of your rope. You don't know what you're going to do. You've got marriage problems that are too big for you to handle. You've got family issues that are too big for you to handle. You've got problems with your finances or with your work that are too big for you to handle. You've got health issues. You've got a bad report from the doctor. And this, this particular ailment that you've been diagnosed with, the doctors can't really handle the problem that you have. It's bigger than, than human efforts. Or maybe maybe you've got emotional problems. You're so depressed. You've been depressed because so many bad things can happen. You don't think you can ever have hope in anyone or in anything ever again. And in the midst of all this, maybe because of all of that, you've self-medicated yourself. And you're so far down, you don't know if there's any way for you ever to get up. Taking too many pills. Shot too many things into your arm. Drank too many bottles of whatever. And you have no way to get out of the, of the, the, the pit or the hole that you've dug. Well, that is why we need supernatural help when we pray, because no matter how strong you think you are, without the help of God, we can't fix the problems that we all face from day to day in our life. You might think you you used to might have thought you had the best marriage ever and the next years went by and it went off the rails. You need God's intervention. You need God's intervention in your marriage, in your ministry, in your finances, in your health. And this is what this simple verse is describing. If I don't know how to pray as I ought, God gives us the most foolish answer of all. This is not the answer, Lord, that I was looking for. I wanted you to give me something really hard that I could do to fix this. Somehow. But this is what he said. I want you to give me your tongue. That's all I am asking for. I want you to turn off your m- mind, because you don't have the answer up there. Turn it off. Turn off your brain. Open your hearts. Yield your tongue to me. <laughs> Now, you know, you might think, well, I tried that. I prayed 15 seconds the other day. No, it's going to take a lot longer than that. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to pray until, you know, you pray until you're going to have to pray until the atmosphere changes. The old time Pentecostals used to call it praying through. You prayed until something changed. You you prayed until you knew that you knew in your knower that your circumstances were changing now. Yeah, the the atmosphere began to lift. The negativity began to lift. The depression began to lift. You know, recognizing when the anointing comes. Now, what I'm describing, praying in the spirit till the anointing comes. When the anointing comes... When the anointing comes, things begin to change because the anointing is the supernatural guarantee that God's at work in your circumstances. It's the guarantee that something is about to change in your life. It's supernatural. So we pray. We pray in the spirit. That's the that's the the, the helps the help that the Lord gives us. So that's the word. So I don't know how to pray as I ought, but the Holy Spirit comes and he joins together with me as I pray in tongues and he helps me in my weaknesses. Now, the second part of that verse, it says that that he makes intercession. So he helps us and he does this by making intercession inside of us. Now, this is this requires my participation. Participation. He doesn't do it. He doesn't just sit up in heaven and pray for me. Jesus is doing that. The Holy Spirit comes down here. Jesus is seated at the the man, Jesus of Nazareth, is seated at the right hand of God. He's praying for me. But those prayers need to be released on earth in my body. They've got to be released in me. Not just somewhere floating around in outer space. I'm down here. I need help in the real world. You need help in your marriage and in your finances and in your health and in your body. We need God's intervention. He needs to step on the scene. And where where we live in our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday world, he needs to step on the scene in our life. And that's where he he does when we begin to yield our tongue. So this this makes intercession. This is another big, huge word that I can't pronounce. I won't even attempt to say it, but it's translated makes Intercession. It's best translated super intercede for us. Super intercession. We can only imagine how many blessings have been poured into our lives because of the hyper intercession of the Holy Spirit for us. So Jesus is praying in heaven. The Holy Spirit comes upon me. I begin to yield my tongue. And he begins to pray in me. Now, the beauty of this, you know, it talks about all kinds of prayer. I can pray the prayer of intercession, the prayer of worship, the prayer of petition. There's all kinds of prayer, prayer of consecration, all kinds of prayers that I can pray. All of those prayers can be prayed in my natural language, but they can also be prayed in my spiritual language. And the problem is, is that we're so goofed up most of the time that if we only pray in our natural language, we don't know how to pray as we should. So what Paul said to do is said, pray in your natural language, then pray in your spirit language, then pray in your natural language, then pray in your spirit language. And as you do that, your mind begins to be renewed, begins to latch on to the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit and begins to release supernatural intercession in your life, in tongues and in English, you begin to pray prophetic prayers over your own life. It's supernatural. And you can move from that praying for yourself, praying for others, praying and interceding for family members that are messed up and goofed up. Supernatural prayers begin to be released into your world. Amen. So we're, let's, let me give you a couple other thoughts about we're talking about prayer. Jesus said this. This is one of the the great, great, great promises about prayer. He said, if you abide in me, John 15, 7, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. If you abide in me. Now, what, what does it mean to abide in Christ? I've just been describing what that means just over the last few minutes. Abiding in Christ. It's dynamic interaction Intimacy with God, praying in the spirit, praying scripture prayers, allowing him to move on my life. I'm abiding in Christ. I'm walking in the spirit. I'm moving with God and God's moving with me. I'm moving into his supernatural dance, allowing him to work in my circumstances and work in my life. What am I doing? I'm abiding in Christ. I'm walking in the spirit. I'm moving with God. God's moving with me and moving inside of me and moving through me for his glory. He goes on to say. And the passion, if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. Now that, to me, is shocking. There is a place that I can move into in my spiritual life where my prayers will begin to be answered on a consistent basis. And there's two, there's two, there's two um, ingredients that are involved in that. The same ingredients I preach about every week: the Word and the Spirit. That's the ingredients of answered prayer. His His words become my breath. His words become my breath. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will, and they will be done for you. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the path of scorners, but he delights in the law of the Lord. What will happen? He will begin to experience the blessing of the Lord. When drought comes, he's going to prosper and bring forth fruits. Why? Because he's abiding in Christ, walking in his word, allowing fruitfulness to be birthed inside of him. And then secondly, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm breathing in the Word, and I'm breathing in His Spirit. I'm breathing in the Scriptures, and I'm breathing in the Holy Spirit. This is my life. It sounds simple because it is. It's just applying it to your life that becomes difficult because we're humans. And we have flesh. And our flesh wants to do other things. Is anyone listening to me? It's 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 really it's really not hard if we get our flesh out of the way. It's that's the hard part. Getting getting yourself. It's God. God can do anything. He can do anything. It's just getting us out of the way. That's the hard part. He can do anything and he can do it suddenly. It's just getting us out of the blasted way. And when we do, he begins to move in unprecedented ways. Let me let me give you a. Oh, I'm going to have to just finish with this thoughts today. And then we're going to take some time for communion. We'll we'll just um, let communion be a time of fellowship and prayer this morning. Um, but this last verse, this is something that Jesus taught again about prayer. But this was about corporate prayer. You know, we were talking earlier this morning about the blessing. There's a, there's a, a place of blessing. Um, the Psalms called it the place of commanded blessing but there's something unique about about corporate worship and about corporate prayer your yeah, private prayer is powerful private prayer is irreplaceable i strongly encourage everyone in this place to develop a life of of private prayer but beyond that there's a place of blessing that is superior to even private prayer because there's there's a multiplication of what happens when you get people of like and precious faith flowing together in unity. there's a place of unity that's precious. And the, the place of unity is the, the place we see it the greatest and its apex and its fullness, is in Acts chapter two. On the day of Pentecost, they were, they were gathered together in one accord. Everyone say one accord. They were they were like a a beautiful music piece, like a work of art. It was harmony. It was unity. It was beautiful. It was perfect. Nothing was out of place. There was no discordant notes, nothing out of union. Everything was perfect in the flow in that place of harmony and symphony. God began to move in an unprecedented way. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 18. He says, again, I, I give you an eternal truth. If two of you agree, if you've been here a while, you've heard me teach on this before. The word agree is a very familiar word called symphonio, symphony. If two or three of you are symphonio or in harmony together, if you are in a symphony together and you ask God for something in a symphony of prayer My heavenly Father will do it for you. For whether wherever two or three of you come together in honor of my name, I am right there with them. So so what happens in that unique place of agreement and harmony, something happens that doesn't happen anywhere else. Jesus begins to reveal his powerful glory. It's what happens in the house of God. It's what the tabernacle of Moses was about. It's what the tabernacle of David was about. It's what Solomon's temple was about. It was the place where the glory would come. It's different from private prayer. The corporate anointing brings a a corporate mantle, a corporate manifestation of the glory of God. It's the place of miracles right here. This place, this morning, as we take communion together, as we pray in the Spirit together, it's the place of commanded blessing. It's the place where anything can happen. It's the place where, where cancer can wither up and die in your body. It's the place where your blood that's been tainted by HIV virus can be cleansed in a moment of time. It's the place where a deformed part of your body can be healed. It's a place where a, a, a part of your body that's been um, de- destroyed. It's no longer able to function. You're not able to have children, or your your organs are not able to operate the way they were designed by God to operate. In that atmosphere, suddenly God begins to mend and fix on the inside. In that atmosphere, things that have held you back, that have held you in captive, they begin to be broken. It's the power. Of his corporate anointing. Miracles take place. That's that's what we're leaning on this morning as we take communion together. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.